Um, good evening. Today is Tuesday, December 28th, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter is There is a Solution, and our speaker tonight is Jordan. Thank you. Take it away, Jordan. Awesome. Thank you for having me tonight. Um, I'm uh, glad to be in a meeting of Overeaters Anonymous. My name is Jordan Nell. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater um, and abstinent um, for um, what? (laughs) Like over four years now, which is crazy. but I'm very grateful to be abstinent and to be on a meeting with y'all. Um, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of folks in this world that uh, could use this, and they aren't here, you know. So it's important for me not to um, it's important for me to not take this for granted. Um, <clears throat> you'll have to excuse me. I am uh, getting over an illness here, so <laughs> I'm a little. Uh, I've been a little out of it this past week for sure. Um, But happy to be on the road to recovery and feeling healthy again. Um, So we're in the chapter, there is a solution. Um, And I guess I'll just kind of dive into what what I consider um, not most important about this chapter, but what it was that stood out to me um, when I was finally able to get abstinent. Uh, a little bit of background. I came into OA um, for the first time in 2012, um, and I went to some face-to-face meetings in Denver, Colorado, um, <clears throat> and I did. I definitely found a fellowship for sure, um, and I I identified as a compulsive overeater right off the bat, for sure. Um, I was thinking about my very first meeting uh, this past weekend. I was listening to a speaker um, share about going to her very first OA meeting. Um, And like, I don't know, her sharing brought back this like vivid memory of, um, is that West Pines? which is like a inpatient treatment center in Denver. Um, And I remember going into this tiny, it was like the tiny little boardroom um, and just crying the whole time. (laughs) Like I was so, um, it was so mixed. I was relieved to be there, but also like really bummed that this was like my fate. (laughs) Um, And I was relieved to identify as a compulsive overeater and to know that there were others like me. Um, but I, I had to say like, um, looking around that room, like I, I, I didn't, um, I didn't know how it was that I was gonna like, um, like have a life after this, you know what I mean? Like I really, it really felt like a death sentence at the time. 
Um, and it, it sucked. It was like, um, sort of that initial, like, this is sinking in. Um, I'm finally being honest. Like I, I obviously, I knew that I had a problem with my weight for sure. And I knew that I had a problem with food, but it was the first time that I was like, um, admitting that there was, there really wasn't anything that I could do about it. There wasn't anything that I had figured out up until that point, you know? Um, and what ended up happening is I, I went to, I did go to six different meetings. I know some meeting formats suggest that I, I went to six different meetings and, and I did, um, work some steps out of the OA workbook. Um, I like vaguely, I have a vague memory of all of that. Um, <clears throat> and it just, it didn't do anything for me. Um, I wasn't feeling it. Like there was, I had not found a sufficient substitute. Um, and the fact of the matter is like, as, as a real compulsive overeater, like I, <laughs> I need something big to step in and take the place of food in my life, you know? Um, it plays a huge role. It is my lover and my best friend and the, the thing that's there for me at the end of a good day and the thing that's there for me at the end of a shitty day. And like, it is, um, it was my everything, you know? Um, and I, I, it was going to leave a, a gigantic hole in my life to get abstinent and to stay abstinent. Um, and at that point in time, I just, I didn't see how Overeaters Anonymous was going to be enough to fill that. Um, and it's all good. Uh, cause I look back now, I, so I left away, um, and I went out and I did some experimenting. I did what I had to do for the next five years to, um, really get beaten into a state of reasonableness. Um, and that's okay. It's all good. Like it sucked at the time and it was painful and, um, and all of that. But, um, now at this point in time, I'm really grateful for that experience because of, um, the clarity that it gave me <clears throat> around all of this. Um, I'm, I'm really, really, really clear on the fact that I am a real compulsive overeater, that this isn't going anywhere, that this is like a one day at a time gig that I got for the rest of my life. Um, and uh, I'm clear about that. And I'm like, I'm good. I'm okay with it today. Um, <clears throat> I'm, uh, I'm able to practice this program on a daily basis and, um, and live happily and usefully. Um, not always like I, you know, sh uh, sh shit still happens, you know, like I get sick and, um, and, uh, life happens and things don't always go my way. And, um, you know, I think like the last couple of years have really been a testament to that, you know, um, between like a, a global pandemic and, um, losing my job as a result of that global pandemic. and. Um, now, uh, and now getting sick myself and all that stuff, like, um, it's a lot, <laughs> you know, um, just because I get abstinent, I life, it doesn't stop coming at me. Um, actually what I found is that it'll even come like harder and faster. 
Um, but I, I really do. Like I have a spiritual solution today that I can absolutely dive in and dig in and be okay. Like make it and make it through this stuff and out on the other side and, and even be able to, um, be useful to someone else later on down the line. Um, <clears throat> so that's like a little bit of background, I guess. Um, <clears throat> Uh, I came back to Overeaters Anonymous in 2017 um, and kind of got, um, I don't know, struck abstinent to a certain extent. Um, I, I wasn't actually looking for it. Um, I actually, I'm not sure that I was even like looking to lose weight <laughs> this time around, um, even though I had weight to lose, like no doubt. Um, I think what I think what I really wanted this time around was um, some sanity. I was listening to another speaker this weekend who mentioned that. Um, <clears throat> and uh, the weight loss is wonderful, you know, like um, I've lost a uh, hundred pounds now and I feel awesome when I'm not recovering from an illness <laughs> um, and I can do all kinds of stuff. I can, I, we just got a puppy who's like 10 weeks old and I can take him out and, and roll around with him in the snow and have fun and, um, and go skiing and go hiking and, and camping and all sorts of stuff today. Um, <clears throat> I, my body works, you know, like it works properly for the most part, which is pretty cool. Um, cause it, it didn't for a whole, um, lot of my life. It, it's, um, weight really held held me back in a lot of ways, especially when I was younger. Um, <clears throat> I started gaining weight uh, as a kid. Um, <clears throat> so this really affected my adolescence and um, self-esteem and emotional security and all that stuff, you know? Um, and slowly but surely, like, I've been able to heal some of that stuff in this program, you know, even as an adult and, um, and kind of like, going back and, and healing a little bit. Um, <clears throat> so there is a solution. Um, the, the first thing that this chapter talks about is the fellowship. Um, and it's really important that um, I understand that the fellowship, although it is the, although it's our disease that brings us in here and kind of helps us identify in and get, um, maybe get comfortable and um, get a little willingness to start working through the steps. Um, <clears throat> what happens, the kind of fellowship that I need in order to stick around here for years um, and, and really like participate is not, it, it, that fellowship being based on the problem is not enough. Um, I really do need a fellowship that's based out of the solution. So although the, it starts with the problem and it starts with that identification, um, I really do, I had to get to a point where I identify with the solution <laughs> and I'm here and I'm talking about the solution and I'm living it to the best of my ability in my life. Um, uh, inside the rooms and outside the rooms uh, and I'm doing the deal. You know, like that, that's really the stuff that keeps me um, sticking around here. And it kind of talks about that a little bit. It like compares us to a sinking ship and 
um, and were rescued from shipwreck. And at first everyone's all excited and stoked. And, um, but then like the shipwreck in the shipwreck scenario, they part ways and they go and they do their own thing. Right. Um, and we're not like that. <clears throat> this is, um, this is a lifelong disease. Therefore I, I'm going to need a lifelong solution. Um, and so I keep coming back and I keep practicing these principles um, and I keep showing up and I keep showing up like even when I've screwed up, um, even when I haven't been doing the stuff that I know I should be doing, even when I um, have acted or behaved poorly or, or maybe someone has treated me like crap. Um, and made me feel crappy about myself, like whatever it is, uh, I keep showing up because the solution, the solution is here. It's never out on my own, in my head, thinking my way into this scenario or that scenario or whatever it is. Like, this is not a solution that I think myself into by myself. The solution exists. Uh, amongst the fellowship and it it really only exists there you know like that's where it is that I get filled up with other compulsive overeaters who are practicing this in their life as well not doing it perfectly mind you um uh we are um I don't need to practice um I don't need perfection in order for this solution to work in my life. I can simply practice it to the best of my ability and this will work in my life. It will produce results and progress. Um, <clears throat> and I think that like, that's the biggest thing about there is a solution. Um, what I found in Overeaters Anonymous was that I, I, I personally have to have two higher powers. So I got to have the God of my own understanding, um, <clears throat> whether that's a religious one or a non-religious one or a spiritual one or non-denominational or whatever it is, I could care less, right? Um, I need the God of my own understanding and then I need this fellowship. And those are the two powers that are greater than myself. And I need both of those in my life in order to maintain any sort of um, uh, longevity and sanity in my abstinence. Um, I, I gotta have both. <laughs> um, I, I, there's times where like, I might drift away from one and maybe get a little bit closer to one for a time. Um, but I always come back to like, uh, a centered place or a balanced place, um, with both of those powers. Um, and it talks about that a little bit later on in the chapter. Um, <clears throat> Five minutes, five minutes. Okay. It talks about, um, having these two powers and then, um, <clears throat> uh, deep and effective spiritual experiences. Um, and then there's a little asterisk after that. <laughs> and the little asterisk has a note down at the bottom of the page that tells us to turn to the appendix, uh, appendix two on, um, whatever page it is about the spiritual experience. Um, and so it's really hard or uh, it's really important to read about that and to understand that the spiritual experience is um, uh, the, 
a spiritual experience is, um, is our goal or our aim here. Um, that's what we're trying to do. It doesn't necessarily like explicitly say that yet. That doesn't really come until the chapter, how it works, where it starts outlining how to like, well, 12 steps to induce a spiritual experience. Um, <clears throat> but it kind of introduces us to that idea here. Um, that a spiritual experience is uh, is our solution. It's it's what um, it's what is going to um, arrest this illness or this disease um, and give us a daily reprieve, uh, contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. So um, it also this chapter is also where it introduces me to, um, I think that this was probably, this is probably um, the most, um, one of the most important things that I got out of this chapter that I really started to understand the true nature of my problem. Um, Cause our, our problem is it's a little, it's a little bit weird, right? Um, I compare it to alcoholism. And so what happens with an alcoholic, um, an alcoholic comes into AA and they say, get sober. And, and, and alcoholic doesn't have to decide what it is that they get sober from. Um, they, they get entirely abstinent from all forms of alcohol, right? So they get entirely abstinent from beer and wine and whiskey and all forms completely and totally. Um, <clears throat> but an alcoholic, they don't stop drinking, right? Um, what happens after that is they drink substances they're not allergic to. They drink substances other than alcohol, like um, water or soda or juice or whatever it is, right? And so that's kind of... Um, that is um, what we do as alcoholics. So we come in as compulsive overeaters um, and we have to understand exactly which substances that we're allergic to. So in AA, it's kind of a given that you're allergic, they're allergic to alcohol. Whereas with us, it's a little bit different. Um, we really have to dive into our own food history to understand what it is that we're allergic to. Um, <clears throat> And the description in this chapter of the moderate drinker, the hard drinker, and the real alcoholic, or in our case, compulsive overeater, it really helped me understand. Um, uh, that helped me understand what it was that I was dealing with here um, and how it was that I could uh, identify those things that I'm allergic to or my, I call them my alcoholic foods, right? Um, Cause I, I'm gonna need to eat still, like that's okay, right? It's okay for us to eat. <laughs> um, we need to, in order to survive as human beings. Um, but I need to find a way to do that safely and sanely in the future. And I need a food plan that does not include any of those alcoholic foods. So um, I got some work to do here, right? Like I have some, um, discovering to do. So um, the moderate drinker has little trouble giving it up. Um, they can take it or leave it alone. It's not a big deal, right? 
So any foods that I can take or leave alone that aren't a big deal, those are, those are probably non-alcoholic foods. Um, then there's a certain type of hard drinker. I may have the habit badly enough. Um, it may impair him physically and mentally. It may cause him to die a few years. But if a sufficiently strong reason like ill health, falling in love, change of environment um, becomes operative, this, this person can stop or moderate. Although they may find um, it difficult and troublesome and they may need medical attention. That's it? Is that it? Okay. Um, <clears throat> sorry. No, that's okay. It's all good. I have a habit of talking, so... Um, so that person will stop if they're given sufficient reason. Um, and then last but not least is the real compulsive overeater. Um, and I was given lots of sufficient reasons to stop and I never did. Um, so that's the category that I belong in and I get an understanding of that. And so I, uh, read this book and follow these directions in a way of like, I'm dying here. I got a disease that I'm slowly dying from. Uh, and I need to follow these directions in the way that a dying person would. Um, and, and that's when uh, this spiritual experience worked for me. That's when um, I was able to, to recover from this um, <clears throat> and continue to, to practice these principles in my affairs. So thank you for letting me share. That's all I got. Thank you, Jordan. Um, we will now open the meeting for questions or for three-minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand which is under reactions, or nine if you're on the phone, and the Zoom host will call the raised hands in order and ask you to unmute when it's your turn. Would the timekeeper please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when time is up? Thank you so much, Lita, and thank you so much, Jordan, for your service. Thank you for being here as you're recovering tonight. Um, let's get into the shares. Susan A., would you please unmute and share or ask a question? Yes, I, I definitely will. Um, thank you, Jordan. I, I was very, very uh, t um, moved by your story and could relate to it, and I am Susan A., a recovering, covering compulsive overeater. Um, I, I don't want to share a, a lot. I just want to claim my seat here. I, the, I've, this is my second of these meetings. I went to the first one about a month ago. And if I had gone to more in between then and now, I wouldn't probably have to say that I broke my abstinence two days ago. Um, I believe it's a wake up call from my higher power. I've had long-term abstinence from sugar. I'm talking 20 years, um, which, and, and that, and I've, any slip I've had in between my beginning program and today has not involved sugar, but unfortunately it did on the 26th, two days ago. 
Um, I'm not discouraged. I I did go through withdrawal, which was horrible. Um, headache from the coffee that I've been drinking that is really poison to me. And then the sugar uh, withdrawal. But I'm very grateful to be here. I'm not I'm not depressed or anxious. I'm just very, very grateful for the wake up call, the reminder that it is truly one day at a time. It doesn't matter how much I accumulate in, in terms of abstinence from any substance. So thank you for letting me share. Thank you so much, Susan. Glad you're here tonight. Okay, next we have ooh, Stephanie and Victoria. Hi, everybody. Um, I'm Victoria. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater and insulin manipulator. It, coming to you from Jacksonville, Florida tonight. <laughs> um, thank you so much, Jordan, for your share and, and opening this up. Um, I heard a lot that I really needed to. What I, what I heard was something that I have to remember is like, I definitely can't do this on my own. Like I do really benefit from this fellowship in so many ways. But what I also loved that you shared was that I can't, I can't pretend that this fellowship is my higher power. Like I have to have a higher power that is my solution. And this fellowship can sometimes help redirect me to the solution, right? Like it can help be sort of like my bumper guard. Um, you know, like if you're going bowling and you're like, okay, we don't want a gutter ball, but you didn't quite make it straight down the lane. Like this, this fellowship can help give extra support but I can't make that my solution. Um, it's just, it's just not sufficient. And it's not because people aren't well-meaning. It's, it's just because, right. I say A, B, and C. And like, do I believe that I have this problem? Yes. Do I believe that no human power can help me? Yes. That includes the human power that we collectively have, you know, together. Um, and I also just really, I really thank you for sharing like, obviously, I don't mean this to get like a mixed message. Obviously, I love when people share and are like, yes, I'm doing everything that I'm supposed to and the rewards are great. Like, but I also really appreciate just the honesty of, you know, this past week, I've been really, you know, I got really into my to-do list and overcome with all the things I had to do. And I realized, oh my gosh, I haven't made like an outreach call in like five days. And I haven't talked, you know, I've been doing my nightly review and saying, well, that counts as talking to a fellow. And, you know, it. I don't want to get down on myself, but I, then I felt the urge for my higher power to be like, you know, it was almost like somebody in the distance being like, connect, connect, <laughs> you know, and, and I had to take the action, right? Like I had to take the action. Um, cause that's where the solution is. Um, and I'm probably right. There's more I want to say, but I'm probably running out of time. So I'll just, um, pass. <laughs> Is that hand one or two? Is that a one or a two share hand? You are two people. Just Did you want to share, no. Stephanie? No? Okay, great. Kristen, if, we if we change our mind, we'll raise again. I'll raise again. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Kristen H., you are up, my friend. Go for it. Hey, everybody. Kristen, uh, uh, compulsive overeater. I am, um, you know, this this chapter is is really good this week because I'm just you know, I'm working the steps and I'm, I'm doing a step four, but I'm still struggling almost daily with cravings for sugar. And, um, you know, I think it's funny because they're, um, it's almost, 
I think I'm unwilling to give up the idea of having it. Like I'm worried that if I don't have it, that one last time I'll like, there's a specific food that and I'm worried that what if the place goes out of business and I'll never be able to have it again. And, um, I'm not even kidding. In fact, I drove by the place today and there were only like two people inside. And I was like, that's it. They're going out of business and I'm never going to get it again. So I'm like, but I don't, I think it's just a symptom of my unwillingness to surrender that I'm holding on to this, this place and this food from this place, because I'm not, I'm still not willing. My sponsor sent me a list of things. Like, are you doing all these things? And I was like, whatever, I can't do all those things. I'm too busy, but like, I'm being an asshole. Like, I'm just not, I'm not, I'm not. And, um, I just think I'm, and so, you know, the first part, you know, the first three steps, you know, you get ready to take the action and part of it is a willingness to surrender. And I think I'm still struggling with that willingness. And, um, it's been good. Uh, last night after I realized what was going on, I sort of, um, I did a few things on the list that my sponsor sent me and, um, I can only hope that, I keep doing those things, but man, this is just, I, it's so funny because I've, I've been around these rooms for, um, I don't know, seven years now. And it's never been like this. It's never been this hard. And, um, one of my friends who's recovery, I really respect said when she was going through withdrawal, she took a lot of hot showers. So I went to like, lush and like this other store to get like fun soaps and like body lotions. So I like, I'm like making this hot shower, like a highlight of my day because I just, I'm at my wits end. I don't know what to do. So, um, thanks for letting me share and have a great day. Thanks so much for that share, Kristen. Um, Kelly B your turn. Hi, Kelly B compulsive web reader. Um, Jordan, thank you so much for your share. It was, I, I haven't heard you share before, so it's exciting. I always like when there's a new speaker. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just checking in. Um, it's so funny that like, I need to review the chapters before I talk about them because it's like, I have amnesia. Like I've read this book so many times yet. I forget what's in there a solution. Like there is a solution. Um, so I was reviewing it quickly and just seeing, you know, what did I relate to or, you know, feel compelled to share about today. And I think it's, you know, you know, on page 27, where it talks about the nature of huge emotional displacements and rearrangements, ideas, emotions, and attitude, which once were the guiding force of the lives of men are suddenly cast to one side. I mean, I remember, you know, last Christmas or, you know, three Christmases ago, I hated my mom. I didn't want to talk to my brother. Um, I didn't want to go home for, for Christmas. Um, you know, I went home and it just wasn't, it wasn't great. And then my last two Christmases, you know, I, I was in recovery for one of them, um, last year and, um, you know, it was a new experience. And then, and then this year, you know, I, I went to see, you know, with my boyfriend's family and his mom, and there was so much peace which is completely different than the experience I had three years ago where it was, you know, passive aggressive. My character defects are like flying all around. I'm bothering my brother. I'm harassing my mom. Like, it's just so cool that we have these directions 
that, you know, just changed my personality. Um, the things that I used to care about, I don't really care about anymore. Um, you know, I always wanted to be like, you know, the head of my industry. And I realized, well, the only reason I wanted that was because I wanted to feel loved. And, you know, that was like the gift from my higher power of like showing that to me that you don't need this for this. And, you know, like, it's just so, so beautiful that like, we just have directions to like fix our lives. (laughs) Um, You know, so it gives me a lot of hope um, that we get to continue to do this work each day, Um, you know. Um, and it's because, you know, a sponsor was willing to take me through this book and, um, you know, disclose herself to me so that I would listen to her, um, because anyone else that tried to get me to listen to them, you know, of course this book tells us we, we don't listen to anyone else, (laughs) not therapists, not psychiatrists, not doctors. Um, yeah, our, our last hope is another compulsive overeater talking to another compulsive overeater that has a similar experience. So, yeah, um, I'm really grateful I get to be at this meeting. I don't usually get to come because of my work schedule, but I have off this week. So thank you guys for all being here. And again, thank you, Jordan.